moving my business to the USA from Canada, it wasn't exactly a breeze. And if you're planning on making a similar move, I want to share with you some of my stories, some of my best advice. And um, it's a bit of a story time, more like a, maybe a nightmare story, actually, of how it's been moving my business to the US from Canada. You've probably been told that content is key to growing your business, right? There are so many experts who spend a ton of time cranking out incredible content consistently, and yet they're broke. See, there's a huge difference in growing your following and growing your income. How do you create content in a way that actually gets you paid over and over again? Like turning every video into an army of salesmen that deliver your perfectly crafted message around the world, around the clock, perpetually, forever. I'm Marley Jacks, and you're listening to The VIP Code. I'll preface all of this by telling you that it's not easy, but it is absolutely worthwhile. It's been a little bit of a nightmare at times, but I've also learned a lot along the way. I've actually, you know, reached out to other people who have done it and, you know, asked them their story. What worked for you? What roadblocks did you hit? And kind of the, the recurring theme that I heard is it's a nightmare and that is typically the standard. So hopefully in me sharing some of my experiences with you, it can help you maybe skip some of the guesswork. I'll tell you that it wasn't my initial plan. I was born and raised in Canada and sure I had business in the States, but didn't intend to ever move here, but I'm really glad it worked out the way it did. Everything really fell into place. I love that saying, if you wanna make God laugh, tell him your plans, because I had no idea that I would end up here. So earlier in 2020, I did share this publicly. There's videos on my YouTube channel about the big transformation I went through. I was going through a divorce and decided to leave the country at the beginning of 2020 when things were happening both in the world and also in the messy unraveling of my marriage. And at the time I already had an E1 visa because I was often doing business in the States. This was really convenient, especially because as you can imagine, a lot of immigration things slow down at the beginning of 2020. For anyone that is interested in going to the States, that probably is the first step to either get an E1 or potentially E2 visa, depending on whatever kind of business you have. So the first thing is I found an immigration lawyer in Canada. I had to go through, uh, interviews with the consulate to pretty much send them all of my business information, all of my social insurance information. They basically knew, dissected my entire life and business. But this visa then allowed me to live and work in the States. Originally when I got my E-1 visa, that was back in 2019, when I was just traveling in and out of the States and didn't want to have any issues at the borders with how frequently I was traveling. But then this came in very handy because the E-1 visa allows you, at least mine, allows me to live in the States for up to five years. So when I made the kind of split decision to move here in 2020, it was all legal already. I'd originally come to Boise just for a long visit. I was gonna stay with one of my best friends and she gave me her home to just stay here, heal, focus on my personal development after going through so many personal changes in my life. And I found that Boise was really the place that I wanna be. There's a huge community of entrepreneurs here. Some people call it like the next Silicon Valley, especially a lot of people that are moving from California to Idaho and found that this is really a place where I was thriving and, and the people here, the friends I made became such a huge part of my life. Fast forward to today and I've been in the States for over a year. I traveled back to visit and see family once in a while, but I got a pretty big surprise when I got my tax bill. Apparently when you spend half of the year in the States, 
The IRS comes after some of that and they want you to pay taxes in both countries. I obviously had to do my due diligence. I talked to lawyers and accountants and tax strategists to make sure that like my ignorance, my negligence was not gonna get me in trouble. I just didn't know. So I made sure that we cleaned everything up, that I paid what was due, and that now I move things forward properly. I knew that with the direction I'm going now in my life, I don't plan on coming back to Canada permanently. So I was given a few options for how I can exit Canada I'm still a citizen, just not a tax resident. So then I could just only have my business and only pay taxes in the States. And by the way, as I'm sharing this with you, know that I'm not an expert. I went to the experts. I'm just sharing my story. Please do go talk to your accountants, lawyers, tax strategists to make sure that you are set up properly for your specific business and your specific needs. So it took some time, lots of paperwork. I let go of my tax residency in Canada, which meant I also had to sell some of my assets, including uh, my house, some shares that I had in other businesses so that if come tax time, it wasn't that I was making money in Canada anymore. All of the money I'd be making would just be in the States. The next thing I did was make sure that the proper business entities were set up in the States so that I could just operate my business here. And again, only pay taxes here. But here's where some of the roadblocks also came into play. And this is where some of the next roadblocks started to play out. It really seemed to be like one thing at a time. You knock over one domino and then like a whole bunch of other streams of just challenges would pop up. One of the things that I learned after moving my business here, starting a new business entity here, was that even though I'd been in the States for some time and even though I have you know great business records in Canada, I am basically a brand new American. And when applying for a credit card, they would look at me as if I was a teenager, a student. The biggest credit card I could get was for a $300 credit card. How am I supposed to run a multi-million dollar business off of a $300 credit card? Not, not easily. At the time that I'm filming this, I'm still working through that. So if I come up with a solution, maybe I'll make a next video. But some of the options that I'm looking into is that there may be a possibility for me to get a business credit card with my bank. There is also a possibility with an Amex that I can get in Canada. And if I have that Amex in Canada for three months, then I can switch it to being an American credit card while still keeping my credit score and higher credit limit now in the US. And if you're in Canada trying to move to the US and do the same thing, I would ask the specific bank you're in. I think I've seen that RBC has a similar thing with their credit card that can transfer to the States. Ah, but before getting a credit card here or even opening up a business, you need to have a social security number. Before you can have a social security number, you need to have that big fancy letter from Homeland Security saying, yes, you're allowed to be here and you need to have some sort of a visa or something that shows that you are legally able to work here. Luckily for me, I already had my visa. I just had to talk to my immigration lawyer to get that letter from Homeland Security. I went to the social security office. Apparently you need an appointment to book that. So I had to turn around and they weren't able to see me for another month, which put things off quite a bit and then added a another month of time that I had to pay taxes in both countries. For me, it was like the clock was ticking and my bank account was like just getting sad knowing that I'd have to pay to both countries. Finally, I get my appointment at the social security office because I'm applying as a foreign business person. That process took a little bit longer. Instead of being able to pretty much give me my social security number within a few days, it took four weeks. Ah, again, adding to the timeline, my bank account, my wallet, paying taxes in both places try to do this faster than I did. Once I got my social security number, it was pretty quick. I went to my tax strategist, my accountant here. They set up the business entity for me. Conveniently, interestingly, at the same time, I also got a letter that week from my car insurance company here in the States that said, hey, you need to go get an American driver's license. 
I knew that my car insurance was more expensive by having a Canadian driver's license, but they were like, hey, we actually can't insure you anymore unless you have your American driver's license here in Idaho where I am. I didn't know they were gonna ask for this, but when I went to go test for my driver's license, they asked for my social security number. So I was really glad that I also had that at the same time. Then my health insurance, which is also kind of a mess, kind of important to get, they also ask for your social security number. So if I would have known better, I would have gotten that a long time ago so that I didn't get slapped on the wrist for things that I was ignorant of. When I got my E1 visa, I feel like the rest of these puzzle pieces were not in line for me. I'm not sure if they're often talked about. I mean, the lawyer that I hired to help me get my visa, you know, that's, that's her role, that's her expertise, that's, what I had hired her for. I wish that I had taken the steps in knowing what are the next things that I need to know about. So hopefully this video is helpful for you. The other thing to be aware of when you're exiting Canada and no longer a tax resident is that you no longer get your free healthcare. You know, as a Canadian who's pretty spoiled with our free healthcare, I used to joke to my American friends like, oh, I get to go to the doctor when my feelings hurt and get checked out for free. Now, we gotta pay for it. Having health insurance in the States is really important. I also wanna add that this is a really important piece because paying taxes in Canada is more expensive than paying taxes in the States. Your tax brackets are typically higher. You're usually spending, my tax bill last year, I think was like 48%, which is very painful and hurts the ego a little bit. Although this is a big inconvenience, it's going to be worth it because I'm gonna be making more money and saving more money. Sure, I might be now paying for health insurance and things, but I'm saving more money in the long run. Want to turn your YouTube channel into an endless source of fresh leads? Let us show you how to get daily hot leads, even if you don't have many videos or you just have a small following. This system works. We have an advanced private training that we would love to send you. It's a recording of an exclusive closed door event where we walked ambitious business owners like yourself step-by-step -step through our unique proven four-step YouTube lead machine system. The results of following this formula are astonishing. We have attendees generating thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars in two days before they even had a handful of videos up. Other attendees have gone on to make millions from what they've learned. The content in this recording will set you apart from your competitors who are struggling with inconsistent ad platforms and are getting burned out creating endless influencer content that gets likes and shares, but no damn revenue. If you're ready to step up and start 3Xing your daily lead flow, just go to VIPLeadMachine.com and apply for access. The information we're sharing is so powerful we want to make sure it only ends up in the hands of business owners who are ready to use it. So head on over to VIPLeadMachine.com and apply to get your hands on the recording today.